0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is The Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 63, coming at you from the Mean your True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm your host and producer, Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me in person, Ramsey Thompson. What's going on, guys? Not much. Just here to talk about a podcast. And not joining us this week for the first time in quite a while, actually, got to give him credit, uh, is Justin Dahl. And Justin did come down with a case of bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. So he decided that he doesn't want to hang out with you guys. So it's just me and there. It is. And our our studio that now people have seen. Our people have seen the studio. Oh, yeah, they have. Which, credit to Secretary Shauna for being our, our TikTok manager, kind of. And kind of taking over the realm there. Awesome work, and it's only going to get better. So shout out to her on that front. Yeah, she's better at that stuff than we are. Oh, yeah, 100%. And she's going to be... I, I don't want to give too much away because it's still some work in progress of, of getting everything lined up, but you're going to take a look at our studio, our show and a whole new realm in the upcoming months. That's large part to her. Yeah. So we're going to have some awesome stuff coming up, um, uh, down the pike a couple months from now, as we get closer to that, we got some testing to do on that stuff, but lots of awesome stuff for the for Wisconsin show coming up. That said, uh, just a couple other announcements here before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Uh, first, once again, got to thank everyone who's donated to the Polar Plunge team. Uh, that being, like I said, Julie, Julie Mignier, uh Kelly Kane, Jody Fisher, Aaron Crocker, and Julie technically donated twice. I'm going to mention her twice. And Shauna donated as well. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. There's still time to donate. Uh, we will have that video, I believe, on Facebook we'll have that. Maybe we'll have it on TikTok too, but uh, Facebook is where we'll post the initial video of Sean and myself jumping, possibly another jumper. We haven't confirmed that yet, but possibly another person going to join us that day. That'll be at Titletown at the Titletown tailgate, Johnsonville tailgate village on Saturday, the 26th, sometime between noon and two. So we'll, Sean and I will jump and possibly our mystery jumper. Will it, jump. it is not me. It is not Ramsey. It's not Justin. They are too soft to jump in a polar plunge, even though it's going to be at a pool more than likely.
1: I'm going to hang out with uh, Shauna. And we're going to drink beer and make fun of you guys. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> so that is coming up this Saturday. Again, thank you to all who have donated so far. And hopefully, again, still time to donate if you're able and willing to. Link is on our Facebook page. Also got to shout out our punk partners over at Monkey Knife Fight. They had a special contest going on over the weekend where for the Daytona 500 on your first ticket, if you won, obviously you got to keep that. It was a risk-free weekend, though. So if you lost, like I did, thanks to Brad Keselowski. um, Hold on. I'm going to explain that in a second here. If you lost, you got your money back. It was a risk-free contest. So you could only actually profit. So always having cool stuff from Monkey Knife Fight. Glad to be partners with them. And then also our friends over at Raise Energy, new flavor came out today: prickly pear. Prickly pear. You've so been talking about that for a little while now. It's, it was officially released today, so I believe it's still available. I don't know if it's officially sold out or not yet.
1: I'd have to look at that. Um, I'm not even a pear fan, and I was thinking about ordering some
0: prickly pear. It, it's just it's a little different than your typical um, your typical flavor. And like I believe I think Mountain Dew had a prickly flavor that was only exclusive at taco bell for a little while or i believe you're right maybe it was maybe it was uh their kit no their kfc flavor is peach so i believe it was taco bell they had a prickly player prickly pear that's a multiple. prickly pear um but any order that you do on repsports.com for the raise energy and raise energy products is code root Four R r-o-o-t number four 15 off any order basically covers your shipping so code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four, 15% off. With that, we talk about what we had rooted for. And that's sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics over 300 plus powered stores. If you're rooting for it, it's probably there. They've got MLB, NFL, Did They have uh, Howard. I don't, they have Michigan gear. So if you're a Michigan fan, I'm sure they got it. They mm-hmm. got ba- They got Badger gear if you're a Badger fan. Interesting. Plenty of colleges out there. Uh, you name it, it's there e-gaming, NASCAR, it's all there. Rep your favorite player, rep your favorite sport, rep your favorite team, fanatic.com, hashtag loveon. With that, we get to
1: what we had rooted for. Ramsey, why don't you start this one off? I root for the Daytona 500. I also was going to choose that as well, but I'll let that you go. That was really the only thing that happened that last weekend. Well, all-star weekend. Yeah, all-star weekend. Um, personally,
0: I mean, this kind of got tarnished before we recorded here, but... Um, I had been rooting for the Green Bay Phoenix women, as I do most weekends, and Green Bay Phoenix men. Uh, Green Bay Phoenix men, while they did go 0 and 2 over the weekend, lots of again, lots of growth. That's all you can really ask for with a team that's got all freshmen and sophomores. I bo- they did not have a senior. Senior day would have been Saturday or Sunday, excuse me. Sure. No seniors, so no senior day. Well, you can still have senior day. I mean, you can. There's no one to honor. So, so be a little awkward, but. You can do it, I suppose. I mean, there's nothing saying you can't. But they did have uh, their game. They played the number one team in the conference on Sunday, and that being Cleveland State, the team that's likely going to end up in the NCAA tournament, repping repping the Horizon League. Um, Took them to the wire. I mean, just again, one of those games where you look at the future of this program and hopefully, you know, hope that everyone stays in and Mm -hmm. they're finally healthy and... You look at what this team's doing again. Freshmen and sophomores doing against teams. You know the Horizon League is such a you know it's a mid-major, so you're not seeing a whole lot of one and duns. You'll see probably one this year with Pat Baldwin Jr. if he decides to actually leave. If he thinks that a handful of games in AAU tape is going to be enough to go in the lottery, so maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. It but probably definitely is. It probably definitely is. You're probably right, but um, so you'll see a lottery pick out of the, the Horizon League, but you don't really see a whole lot of one and done. So. Usually you kind of see as to who's on the top of the conference. You're usually there for a year or two um, because you have a lot of juniors and seniors, and that's kind of where Cleveland State's at right now and Oakland. They're both kind of at that top realm, and Green Bay's got that freshman-sophomore class that come two or three years you think would be hopefully at the top if they all stay together. Um, Green Bay women Saturday got a huge win over IUPUI that moved them into position to potentially lock down the one seed in the Horizon League uh, conference. Until they lost a heartbreaker Monday night against uh, their rival Milwaukee, uh, 50 to 48. They did not score in the final four minutes of the game. Can't have that. Cannot have that. But they had one ten straight up to that point. Made you know, made a heck of a run, in a great position to host their technically quarterfinal matchup because they would get the first round by that stay in the top four seeds. It's a one-game home game win get to uh, Indianapolis to play for a semifinal and her final for the ch- conference tournament. So great position to still do that. They're still in good contention to do that. Um, so good for them. Greenman men, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> Well, they're getting better, though. They are. And that's, like I said, that's all you can really hope for is that they play with that team against, you know, mm-hmm. play as a team against that top team in the conference. And the, like I said, you just hope that you can c- get consistent growing moments from there. So that's what I had rooted for. And then with that, we go from positives to the negatives. The Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week. And our Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week. Ramsey, you got one to start with?
1: Well, yeah. I don't think it's what you think it's going to be, though. I'm ready for it. I was going to talk about the Juwan Howard incident. I hope you don't, because I want to talk about that a lot. However, my Noogie of the Week is handshake lines. Okay. It is 2022. There's cameras on everyone. Handshake lines are no longer needed especially at the college level. We have this idea of sportsmanship and everything, but I don't... A 20-year-old man does not need to go shake hands with the other team to show good sportsmanship. And for someone that's been in those handshake lines, you talk to your buddies through them. So the guys you know from other teams that you're decent friends with, everyone else is, good game, good game, good game. Win or lose, there's no... It's just not needed in college sports. I get the high school thing. I I could even do without it there. Um, I, I'm kind of just over the whole thought of, oh, we have to do this to show sportsmanship. That's incidents like what happened with the Juwan Howard incident would not have happened if we were just able to evolve and to realize that we don't need this anymore. See, I
0: think for college... I. <laughs> I largely I agree with a lot of what you're saying, on principle, because like you don't see this in the NBA. You see in the NBA, you know, you got the jersey exchanges, everyone's going for their buddies. You got the pissed off guy who goes back to the locker room. It's all good, and I think that's the way, ideally, it should be. However, with college basketball specifically, and well, college sports as a whole, because really, in college football, you don't have like the traditional two line thing, like you do in the NFL, or like in like you do in high school. Mm-hmm. Because in high school it's the two lines coming towards each other and that's it is what it is. I don't like that in football so I do kind of like how they do it in college football where it's kind of like a mass in the middle. Yeah. I'm okay with that. College sports, I think you technically you still kind of have to have that maybe not in the sense like in the traditional
1: sense because but we you, don't you're have right to it's, have it. That's, that's what I'm saying it's at 18 years old, you understand at that point that you don't have to be taught sportsmanship. I don't disagree. You don't have to have that in high school. I would rather have my athletes not have a Juan Howard incident. Because I'm actually surprised we don't see more of that.
0: I would agree that it's surprising that you don't see more, but I don't think you can I don't think it's necessarily right to make that overreaction from one um, one incident, an
1: isolated incident. Well, it's, I'm not overreacting the incident. I'm just saying it's it's not a sincere thing anyways. Probably not. Even in, even in high school, it's not sincere. So why are we wasting our time with it? I'm okay. And again, the guys who are going to want to talk to each other, they're going to play a different school or different team or whatever the aspect is, you're going to go and have a conversation after, regardless of if there's a handshake line or not. But I don't think it's necessary to have all these people go up and talk to each other if they don't want to talk to each other. If you want to, fine, but if it shouldn't be mandated as it is. I would concede
0: just in addition to the fact that I think that Jawan Howard, and if you're in a situation like that, should have every right to do the mature thing and just walk to the locker room and not face any repercussion for it. Because that's what it is, too,
1: is that you have, if you do that, oh, they're walking off the court. They're not showing respect to the other team. They're not showing respect to their opponent. Like, we just don't have to do this anymore.
0: The only counter I have, and it's not a great counter, because I I don't, like I said, I think it's just such an, it's a one-off incident that usually, you know, that's not the case. And as insincere as it is, it's still, you know, it's still, for the most part, public universities and taxpayers, it's technically still amateur sports, even though it's really not. I I get it from that aspect. I don't know. I don't really have a strong feeling on it one way or the other. If we've got like a sudden kind of increase in this because it is so insincere anyway, I'd be on your side more. But I think with it being kind of like a one-off, you see maybe one every couple years
1: where it boils over. So let me ask this. Why are we doing it? What's What's the reasoning behind it at this point? Tradition. Sure, but tradition... We that's were, that's that's all I'm saying is like that's the only thing a reason I can think of even. But if that's why we're doing stuff, we should rethink how we do things. Like we, no one should ever do anything just because it's tradition, or just because that's the way it's always been. We are. See, I think
0: so. The principle of college, for college sports specifically, I think the principle, and I guess still so with high school sports too. But I'm gonna
1: just going to focus on college sports. I was just going to say because I think he would have an interesting.
0: Yeah, he definitely would because he'd have, you know, you're teaching young individuals and young adults to win or lose, still show that respect. Because one of the kind of the talking points against banning it or just getting rid of it, I guess, not banning, but eliminating, I think is a better term, would be at the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs based on tradition. You know, if you beat the shit out of each other for seven games and hockey is probably one of the most physical sports, they do that. But that's also just a tradition of hockey. Like, you don't see that in the NFL. You definitely don't see that in the NBA. Right. You don't see that in the NH or the NFL. You don't see that in Major League Baseball. You fuck Major League Baseball. You never see the other, you know, shaking hands to the other team. Yeah. You see it with your own within your own team. You know, the I think baseball does that incredibly. Yeah. Winning team gets to do that and the losing team. Just goes and back on the dugout. Right. Uh, but I think college ath- – the principles of college athletics, even though it's become more of a business than amateurs, is still kind of the – Molding of young minds or whatever, and but I think that's kind of the idea of it. But for your for your your Power Five conferences, that's not the case much anymore.
1: But even young minds at that point, they're in college. They can vote. They can go to the bars. We don't need to mold young minds anymore. Maybe twenty years ago, and people might laugh when I say this, but people kids nowadays are. More advanced than where kids 20 years ago were. By the
0: way, I just had that that moment. And granted, we're 25, 26 years old. Right. That 20 years old or 20 years ago the conversation, I immediately went to like the 80s, 90s. No, that and was. And that's 2000.
1: Right. 2002. And just with the access of technology and the new society norms and the kids now are smarter than they were 20 years well, ago. Well, let's let's even
0: just to kind of keep this conversation short and I'm going to do my nugget and we're going to kind of take a different angle of this. Let's look at eight years ago when you and I were in high school, right? You and I, we've been friends through high school, through middle school. Our cover photo for our root for Wisconsin, Facebook page is you and me after a game right? where it was a comeback win. So it was a homecoming game, emotional, whatever, take what you will out of that whole thing. But it's still two dudes opposite jerseys. Hanging out, basically, you know? Right. Getting along, sportsmen. We didn't need to be going through a handshake line to get that. Right. And I, I do agree with you in the sense that the guys who are connected, and there's more connection now than ever. And there'll be more going forward. Right. Because you got guys who played on the same AAU teams. You've got social media where you're friends with a, a lot of the players you're playing against. Yep. High school, college, whatever. You don't have... I mean, you have rivalry games that you don't really have true rivalry games, except for
1: in-season. Like, it's usually a one-and-done type deal. Yeah, it's not really, not anymore, right? Especially, even when we were in high school, there was such a, we all hung out in the same places with the same people. Everyone knew each other. We It wasn't the, uh, oh, I hate those guys anymore. It was, oh, that's just the team I'm supposed to hate, right? Like, that's not.
0: Yeah, well, just kind of going with it, the Gillette-Surring rivalry, because that's, that's our rivalry. Sure. That's where we're from. That is the rivalry of those two towns, and the people who are—and this probably was going back to our parents. Like my parents are actually ones from Jill, ones from Sterling, just like you and Mel. But, there was always that. Hey, you're hanging out. You're, you know, you're going to the same parties. You know, everyone's getting along there. But you, you know, so maybe you weren't as chummy until as you got a little bit older in high school. You could actually drive and stuff like that. And even then, it was probably not as much as it got to be when we were in high school, yeah. um, the mid-2010s. God, that feels wrong to say, yeah. but it, it's correct, you know? But even then, I mean, everyone was f- kind of friends with everybody, and then it was just like, okay, it's more of a mindset game than a... Because it means more to the school, more to the town. It was bragging rights over your closer buddies. It was more bragging rights over the buddies than...
1: Well, and you probably making an argument, it was more bragging rights over the parents over each other versus the kids actually playing the game.
0: I would go as far to say, I think we were kind of the last group of that. Sure. Where we had the group of bragging rights among the buddies and the parents versus more just about the parents at these this point. Yeah. And maybe that's just because I'm eight years removed from high school sports and not really, I mean, I'm I'm into it enough where we were helped Justin out. We, you know, we, that's another thing. Jillet and Sarn can even play this each other each other in football this year. Yeah. Which is baffling to say the least. But just to kind of wrap up, yeah, I'll I'll I would love to hear Justin's thought on this. We'll have to ask him that next week. Yeah. But um my nugget of the week, I have two. First of all, the NBA All-Star Game is a joke. I hate the NBA All-Star Game. It's I mean, the NBA Dunk Contest was a joke and a half itself. Three point contest is cool. Yeah, the three point contest was probably the highlight, which it shouldn't be. Do you remember growing up when the contest was – the dunk contest was always the event? Yeah. Vince Carter. I mean, even a couple years back, the Zach uh, Levine-Aaron Gordon contest, that was the last
1: good one. Yes, we haven't had a good one in – Six years. Yeah, four or five years. Five years years now. So, yeah,
0: definitely that was probably – I mean, that's kind of been – is what it is. I'm just going to go back, though. My ultimate nugget is Juwan Howard. And yes, he finally did apologize two days later. He finally kind of came responsible for his actions. I didn't like how Sunday he was still backing it up, what he was doing. So this whole fight, I mean, by now, anybody who's listening to the show has probably seen it. The Wisconsin Badgers were up by, what, 15, 16, something like that at that point in the game. Yeah. 20, 30 seconds left, I believe, when they inbounded the ball. And they were up 15. Badgers had the reserves in. Michigan did not. Michigan is in a full-court press in a position where the shot clock's turned off. Right. And Greg Gard, coach of the Badgers, calls timeout to get a new 10-second inbound clock and actually coach his guys who don't get a whole lot of playing time to break that press. John Howard, the Michigan
1: team, takes offense to it. Why, I don't know. Whatever. Well, the question is, why are you doing full-court press with under 30 seconds left down by 15? Yeah, there's no reason That's for that. embarrassing for just Michigan in general. That's just not... Because, you know, what happens is if you keep it
0: up, he calls a timeout, you do it again, calls another timeout, and the starts go back in. They get it up, and they put a bucket up. But, you know, mm-hmm. so with that, so that's the situation. That's what happens. Handshake line, Jawan Howard kind of mulls over if he's going to go over or not, ultimately decides to... He says, "I'll remember this. I'll remember this." To Greg Gard, Greg Gard's like, "Dude, like, he wants to talk to him." So he grabs him by the elbow to have an adult conversation. In my opinion, have an adult conversation. Right. I, watching the video, I don't think it was that aggressive of a grab. I don't think. I think it was, "Hey, let's talk about this for a half second. Right. Here's why. John Howard takes offense to it and grabs him by the shirt, like the middle chest of the shirt. Things get heated. Players come in. Another credit to Wisconsin Athletics, by the way, the fact that only one player even kind of got remotely. I think he has a one-game suspension. Right. But the fact that the players actually kind of kept their cool about it. Um, Some of them were just kind of laughing it off and walking away. Like, But then the part that I think ultimately bothers me the most is with Jawan Howard, where by the time he gets to the point where he's not throwing his punch because he didn't really punch, he had that open-handed slap. Right. Greg guards already away from the scrum. Right. So he goes after a Badgers assistant coach, and then more pushing and shoving. You see a lot more Michigan players pushing and coaches pushing. Then you see, like I said, you maybe see one Badger player and a Badger coach kind of getting a little physical, just kind of pushing back and trying to separate Mm -hmm. the scrum. But they also need to be trying to move away from it, though, too. Right. And then Juwan Howard doesn't back down. Uh, That's kind of the benefit of playing at home is your ID is there. Right. Uh, Chris McIntosh gets to kind of stand by Greg Gard's side saying, hey, we handled this perfectly. You know, I'm not I'm proud of how we handled this. Mm-hmm. Um coach Joe Kravenhoff is okay, you know, because he's the one that got the fist and kind of got the the brunt of the physical end uh from the the hand swing. We'll call it the open-handed slap. Uh one suspension for Wisconsin, two for players uh from two players from Michigan get suspended for a game and Joan Howard gets the rest of the regular season. I'm not in the camp that Juwan Howard should have been fired. This is technically his second offense as a coach for something similar to this. I think he should be fired. I think this should have been through the end of the season. Like, regardless of postseason, Big Ten tournament, they get to the NIT, because I don't think they're going to be NCAA tournament bound.
1: Yeah, but if you did that in any other line of work, he'd be fired. Oh, 100%. But it, that's also kind of the benefit of being in sports, too. Right. Mm. That's regardless of the fact even other coaches would probably get fired. I mean, can you imagine that's a state employee that did that? That's true. That's an interest. That's always the most interesting turn of this. That's a state employee that was swung at someone else, regardless of what happened before that. That's still a state employee, arguably one of probably the highest state-paid employees in. Besides Jim Harbaugh, it yeah. probably is. I mean, you could. That's all public record.
0: Right. But yeah, I. I, like I said, I wasn't calling him for him to be fired. I could I wouldn't have been opposed to it. I wasn't going to be sitting here calling for his job,
1: though, either. Well, yeah, I'm not going to sit and call for his job, but if I did that at my place of business, not even like on one camera, of us, right? I'd be fired.
0: 100%. But had the news came out that Michigan decided to fire, to fire Jawan Howard, I wouldn't have been shocked. I don't know if I would probably have gone that far as being the AD myself, but I definitely would probably suspend it for the rest of this season outright. Right. I agree. I think five games is light, honestly. Oh, 100%. It's definitely, I think think that's too light. Like, I get how it's the end of the regular season. I think regardless of when this happened, it probably would have been through the end of this regular season. So I think that's just, it's kind of an arbitrary number at that point, just the rest of the regular season. Um, I guess, you know, I do guys. say credit to, to Jawan Howard in the grand scheme of things for actually finally coming clean on after he got suspended. Not until that point, though, did he actually say, hey, I kind of messed up. Well, that was probably part of the
1: deal that he hasn't fired is that you have to. Yeah.
0: And I, I really would want to know. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that conversation
1: with him in the A.D. You know, it, as bad as it sounds, I bet you the A.D. was kind of in on it, like.
0: Yeah, but first of all, it's bad for the program in Michigan. It's bad for Michigan basketball, the brand.
1: Okay. Let's, you don't benefit let's from that. Let's talk about it from just a slight different look, right? Regardless of, I, I would have to agree it's not good for the brand, right? But it is t- us talking about Juwan Howard for the last six days now, five days? Four. Four days? Well, if you count Sunday, it's five. But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, now Wednesday. So, yeah, four. But we're still talking about him four days later. True. I mean, I granted, not all publicity is good publicity, but Michigan's got a lot of run off this for a lot of free advertisement.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't do any good. It doesn't help in recruiting. It doesn't help in... You sure? I would say so. To me, coach
1: out there doing old school things. I mean, to
0: me, so this here's where I would counter that. It's just the fact that here we are four days later, five days by the time it releases, because it's still going to be talked about tomorrow when the episode releases. And nothing about this. If I had a kid who was thinking about, you know, who was good enough to be a Division One college basketball player, unless I'm a fan of Michigan or even kind of, well, I guess a, technically a fan of the Fab Five, too, because he went to Michigan, too. Nothing about this incident says, hey, I'm going to go play for Jawan Howard because if he messes up one more time, he's out the door.
1: Yeah, but I think people are going to play for Jawan Howard. We're going to play for Jawan Howard regardless of that incident.
0: No, right. That's what I'm saying, though. I don't think it helps. I don't think it's good public. I don't think it's the. I don't think it helps the brand whatsoever because people are always going to play for Jawan Howard if they were wanting to play for Jawan Howard.
1: I don't know. Still publicity. We're still talking about it. This probably won't be the last time it's mentioned. I mean... No, definitely not. John Howard's going to get a lot of run off of it. it not, it's not necessarily great. It's still getting run. I mean, that's still... Run is run. I mean, it's advertisement. Fair enough. I
0: suppose that's fair. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, and then I also don't think this is anything... I mean, if you have a basketball sense about you, like, I, again, I cannot... From a basketball perspective, I cannot imagine being mad about that timeout. No. Given the circumstances, And that's the part that bothers me the most, I think, is just the the fact that that's what you're
1: that pissed off about when you're the one that's in the wrong. If I'm full court pressing and they take a timeout, I would still be like, oh, that's not me, I'm full court pressing. Yeah,
0: 100%. Listen, that's what bothers me the most, I think, is just that it's, it's terrible basketball IQ. And not to beat a joke horse in the mouth or beat a dead uh, joke horse here, but... Michigan basketball not a great time in history with timeouts, especially not the Fab <laughs> Five. I mean,
1: it, it's an easy it, joke, but it, it's got to be said, right? Wasn't Jawan Howard one of those guys that ran Weber a lot on that timeout? I believe so. I believe Jawan Howard was. So maybe just Jawan Howard's not great with. Uh... Well, Chris Weber's
0: the one that called the timeout. Right. The bench but... was screaming. You can see there's video evidence of the whole bench basically calling timeout, including one of the co- or a couple of the coaches. So I don't think Juwan Howard gets the blame for that per se. Also, interesting enough, if you ever watched that, have you ever watched the Fab Five documentary? Yes. The fact that Chris Weber traveled right before that too.
1: Well, Andy did it in Sacramento as well. That too. Gets away with the travel
0: and then calls a timeout that he doesn't have. Michigan basketball is just
1: not good with timeouts. Like I said, I'm pretty sure Juwan Howard was one of the ones that gave a lot of uh, shit talking towards Chris Weber. That's possible. I mean, they weren't exactly... I don't think they were exactly close. You want to talk about a player that was a little before his time was Chris Webber. Chris Webber in today's NBA would be... Um, he'd be a headache for a lot of guys. He could
0: be really good. I Just to kind of go with that and before we get into our betting talk, Jalen Rose would have been really good in today's NBA too, I think.
1: Jalen Rose would have been good with the being a star thing. I don't know if he... I think it would be closer like a Russell Westbrook though where it's just kind of a dumpster fire with a brand versus... A really good NBA player. Chris Webber was really long and really athletic. Oh, with 100%. He, he definitely would have, fits today's NBA. Yeah, he was. He would have been a stretch five in today's NBA, and he would have been a problem for a lot of people. Oh, 100%. So with that, kind of wrapping
0: up our, our noogies here, NBA, the dunk contest has gotten awful. NBA All-Star Weekend is just a joke. And, uh, like I said, also just the the
1: whole Juwan Howard incident. The low basketball IQ Juwan Howard? You know it. Is it going to be changing instead of the Kevin King Dumpster Fire of the Year award? Is it the Juwan Howard Dumpster Fire of the Year award? I don't award? think we can do that. No. I, I just think there is such a low standard for
0: that. It's definitely in the conversation. I will give you that it's in the conversation.
1: Well, he he's in the conversation for Dumpster Fire of the Year, isn't he? Especially if he comes back in the NIT and has another incident and gets canned. I... As of right now, I don't necessarily think he... I think he's in
0: the conversation. I don't think he's a clear-cut winner. I mean, like, well, Kevin, who's Who's the
1: leader in the clubhouse right now, then? So far this year, since our awards show back in December... That's a good question. Juwan Howard's in the he's the
0: leader of the clubhouse right now. Can we still say the Texans or the Dolphins? The Texans overachieved, and I think... The yeah, Dolph- they still fire their coach, though, for no reason. The Dolphins... The Dolphins fired, Mike, or fired Brian Flores
1: after another winning season. I'm on that same conversation of Brian Flores hasn't necessarily been liked throughout the league. He also said he turned on a bunch of hush money, so he's just kind of dumb. Or, I mean, he just didn't want to go away.
0: I think he didn't want to be hushed.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, it's the whole uh, Le'Veon Bell thing. You can sit out and give that money back, but once you give it back... There's well, he's hired now. He's going to be making money for next season. Right, but not millions. He'll probably be in the low... I don't know what his contract's going to be. He'll probably be in the low millions. Coordinators who aren't that high. I'm just saying that he turned down the thing that they're saying is millions from in hush money. Give you the millions of hush money. You're not getting that back. We'll Especially, see. Especially, we'll see how this lawsuit goes
0: with him. Like, see, I think that if he's that confident in this lawsuit, that he's got receipts.
1: Oh, I don't... And he's going to win that lawsuit. I don't doubt that... I don't doubt that he's going to win the lawsuit. I don't doubt that he has proof of it. But when you do that, there is a little bit of a blacklist from the NFL.
0: Yeah. Which, credit to Mike Tomlin, by the way, and then the Steelers organization for actually going through and hiring him. And then the fact that he's... Knowing that he's not going to drop the suit, which
1: I don't think he should either. No, I agree with that 100%. But him being a head coach again... Unlikely. Unlikely, and that's that's a shame because that's just how the NFL is kind of works. Because so I think Brian Flores is a top twelve coach in the league. Probably he's he's good enough to win a Super Bowl.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. He was he was almost a playoff. He was almost a playoff team two years in a row. With, with one year where he had a bullpen basically for a quarterback,
1: and one year with Tua, who is Tua Tua. And he didn't even get the quarterback he wanted. Right. No, I, I think that, Flo- and that's a shame. That's just, and I'm, you know, I've heard a lot of Colin Kaepernick talk, too, lately. And the whole Brian Flores and Colin Kaepernick thing are not the same thing. Can we
0: also talk about how that, the Brian, or the Colin Kaepernick and Aaron Rodgers thing isn't the same thing either? No. The- I, mean, I, I, I want to address that here. And this is not to go into disparity over race or anything like that, because this is, that's a whole different conversation. The fact of the matter is, at the time when Colin Kaepernick started his his protest, he was already on the bench. Aaron Rodgers put up two back-to-back MVP seasons. Right. Disagree or not, I know we've had this conversation if he was worthy of the MVP yep. this year or not. He won the MVP. Right. He's had two MVP caliber seasons in a row. You have to be at a point where your platform does not outweigh your talents. Right. Aaron Rodgers has not outweighed his talent. Colin Kaepernick... Did. Did. And the simple fact of the matter is he was a, he was on backup money or backup status. He turned um, down a contract. He opted out of a contract. Right. Thinking he was going to go make all this money elsewhere. Got in trouble because his girlfriend called the owner of the Ravens a slave owner. And then expected to play in a city where it's mostly Cuban refugees and he's wearing Castro socks. Right. Like, what do you want...
1: Anyone you got, to do. You to know the temperature no
0: one is gonna give you that job. And then then when you finally go through this lawsuit thing and you get a tryout and it's gonna be on TV, you go and cancel it. Right. Like at this point, I mean the funny I mean does is this message right or wrong? I'm not gonna say one way or the other, that's not for the show. When you are more known, like if you Google Colin Kaepernick right now, you don't get quarterback, you get activist. Right. And that's what he is. So Colin Kaepernick has no place in the NFL anymore. You cannot convince me that even in 2016 when he started this, that he was NFL starter worthy because he wasn't. The performance, the fact that he got benched for Blaine Gabbert. On a pretty decent team too. I mean. Yeah. Oh, he got benched for Blaine Gabbert. Speaks volumes. And then he opts out. Like, what do you, what do you expect to happen from there?
1: Yes, and that's the thing is that that's a pretty good lesson for anybody who is in any sort of business. Your headache cannot outweigh your talent. If you are the most talented person at your employer, you can have be a little bit of a headache. You can be a little demanding. You can, you can get away with that. If you are the least talented person and the biggest headache, you'll be gone shortly. So, just always remember that moving forward. Never let your head outweigh your talent.
0: Well said, Ramsey. Well said. So, with that, um, Bucks report, nothing much to report. The NBA All Star break happened. They're about to start the quote unquote second half of the season. I believe they are in action tomorrow night against the Nets. I believe. So release day,
1: that should be... We have... uh, There's a little bit of LeBron conversation we could have. What's that? What do you got? Did you see his comments about um, potentially leaving L.A. to go play with Bronny Jr.? Yes. And
0: I did see this. So LeBron James Sr. has been on record saying that he is going to end his NBA career playing with his son. Right. Which makes news, but I don't think it's shocking to anyone. Correct. So yes, there's a conversation, but the fact that people are gonna giving this any bit of run kind of surprises me because we all knew this. he's been very vocal about that's what was going to happen the last what four or five years when he signed with or even the last three years when he signed with LA. I
1: think that LeBron might be out of LA at the end of the year. I don't doubt that. LeBron or AD, I doubt both of them are back next year.
0: I can get behind that 100%. Because I, I think they got to kind of blow it up. The fact that they couldn't find a trade partner for Russell Westbrook.
1: Well, they did. Well, they didn't want to do it, though. The Buss family, so Ginny Buss, the owner, and Rob Polinka, the general manager, basically said, no, we're not going to give in. You made the mess. Now you've got to fix it. Also, Rob Polinka was also on those Fab Five teams. I don't know if you know that or not. Really? Yeah, he I was a uh,
0: three-point sniper. Fun fact. What do you got to say, Rams? Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, so Rob Polenka was on those teams, by the way, for what it's worth. Not that that means a damn thing, this conversation, but he was part of the Fab, or he was on the Fab Five team. He was not part of the Fab Five. He was on the team, though. But, yeah, like I said, I don't think that's any bit surprising that LeBron wants to play with Bronny Jr. to finish his career. Maybe a year or two. Yeah, it'd be interesting. To, is this, he's, a, he's a junior in high school this year, isn't he? Right. So that'd be one more year of high school, a year of either the G League or college. And then and one. And then one, maybe two years. So really, I mean, and that's kind of sad. I think that's kind of sad to think about. LeBron James probably playing three or four more years of the NBA.
1: You know, honestly, though, I, I would be surprised that that's how far he did get.
0: Oh, he was drafted. He's been playing, right. He's been playing in the NBA since he was 18 years old. Right. And just, that's 82 games a year
1: for, plus, plus. the Olympics, plus the playoffs, right. plus the World Cups. Yeah. I mean, he's, there's been a lot of basketball. LeBron is still, you could probably make the argument he is a, still a top five player in the league. Oh, 100%. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I, he's probably three.
0: On any given night, he can still dial into one, but I think where the league on a night-in, night-out
1: basis, he's probably three, maybe four. I think Giannis is probably the best player in the league right now. Hey, I don't think that's a hot take. And I think Kevin Durant is number two.
0: I'd agree with that as well. When healthy. When healthy, when in the right mindset. I think LeBron's probably three. That's not even a hot, like I said, that's not a hot take. That's about what it should be. I did want to ask you while we're talking about this. Um, the NBA All-75 team. Uh, LeBron James 2, Jordan 1. Uh, Giannis, I believe, was 18 or 19, somewhere in there. Sure.
1: Do you think Giannis is top 19 all-time worthy? Yeah, I think he's top 10 player, honestly. Well, we pull the list up. We'll, uh, that could be a good discussion topic right now. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, I think I, we definitely do this earlier. Yes, I think out of the finals run that Giannis just had. And say what you will about obviously Brooklyn was a little injured and he didn't go take down Golden State or the Lakers or something. But he did he was by far in a way the best player game in game out of that finals. Oh, 100%. And I can I can honestly say I I have never seen a stretch like that. Well, I've seen it once. Once or twice with LeBron. But a final stretch of him just being head and shoulders above the best player on the floor. Right. So, do you want to go? Do you want to go in
0: order? Seventy-six to one or seventy-five to one? Give me the top thirty. Top thirty. There's a lot of good names from seventy-five to thirty. Holy cow! It's top thirty, you said. Yep. Let's do top thirty. Okay. Dwayne Wade. At thirty. At thirty. Sure. 29, Chris Paul. Sure. 29, George Mikan, which seems a little low, but given the different era. Sure. Uh, 27, Isaiah Thomas. Sure. Uh, 26, John Havlicek. Sure. 25, Dave Robinson. Sure. 24, John Stockton. That seems a little low for John Stockton. 23, the mailman, Carl Malone. Sure. 22, Charles Barkley. That's low for Charles, too, isn't it? I think so, yeah. That seems low. Okay. 21, Kevin Garnett. Sure. 20, Elgin Baylor. Sure. 19, Jerry West, the logo. Sure. Doesn't that seem a little too, like a little low? Like the fact that he's literally the logo. He only had one room. Sure. 18 is Giannis. Sure. 17 is Dirk. Okay. 16, Steph Curry, which that also seems low for what it's worth. 15, Moses Malone. Okay. 14, uh, Dr. J, Julius Irving. 16, Hakeem, or 13, excuse me, 13, Hakeem. Sure. Uh, 12, Kevin Durant. Okay. 11 is Shaq. Okay. 10 is Kobe. Sure.
1: 9 is uh, Oscar Robertson. Can we just thought about that? Shaq was better than Kobe was. I'd agree with that. Shaq was a better basketball. Well,
0: Shaq was a better. He was more dominant. Than Kobe was. But I would say overall, I mean, you just got to give Kobe was more athletic, more... If Kobe doesn't die.
1: Is Kobe getting the nod due to death at this point versus... Because um, honestly, we're talking like, if you talk legit, Giannis Kumbo is a better player than Kobe Bryant was. I don't know if I can get there yet. He is. Giannis is... A, Kobe was a volume scorer, and that, again, I, I know it's kind of a stretch. I, you probably made the argument Dirk was better. I don't know if I can get there either. I Dirk's title run in 2010 was more impressive than any one of Kobe's title runs. If we're just talking about that kind of stuff, right? Dirk is probably around the same points as Colby was. He's around. He's gonna beat him in rebound numbers. He's gonna probably beat him in assist numbers. I mean, if we're talking just straight up, you could probably make an argument Dirk is better than Colby was. Eh, you can probably make the argument. I don't think I'd agree with it. I think Dirk might have underachieved a little bit. I think Colby overachieved for what it's worth. But that's not here or there. So Kobe's at 9, you said? Kobe's at 10. 10, sure.
0: Oscar Robertson's at 9. Okay. Tim Duncan's at 8, which I think is fitting. He had such a quiet career, but he was so great for so long. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's, that's about Seven's
0: right. 7 is Bird. That's 6 low. is Bill Russell. 5 is Wilt. 4 is Magic. 3 is Kareem. 2 LeBron. 1,
1: Jordan. One, two, three, I'm fine with. I would probably put Larry Bird in front of Magic Johnson, though. Really? Yeah. Larry Bird was... Larry Bird was a complete player, and that was a time where complete players didn't really exist. I mean, he was... Larry Bird was so far ahead of his time. See, I'm going to go on right here and
0: then... I think at any point from seven to three, you can put in any order, and you will not have an hour. Like you can, you can prove yourself right. From Bird, Bill Russell, Wilt, Magic, and even Kareem. Well, Kareem's probably good at solid at three, but from John, Magic, Wilt, Bill Russell, and Larry Bird, I don't think you can be wrong. Any order you put them, sure. And then the last question I have, and I know that you and I are going to answer this differently just in the sense that we already think that this is the case, probably. Is there anything LeBron can do to be number one in most people's eyes? Because I, I personally, I think he should be.
1: But if if we're talking, so this is the conversation that happens a lot. And this is a conversation that LeBron is, if you talk the best basketball player of all time, LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. Does Jordan have a better finals record? Yeah, sure. Jordan also played against lesser talent. And I, I'm sure all the old guys right now are shaking their fists. And going, Back in my day, yeah, back in your day, Jordan was what, smoking cigars every single night. He we, was.
0: I think the thing that bothers me the most about that is because they always say LeBron's too soft. LeBron's at his peak when he was playing with the Heat was 6'8, 250, or two, what was he, 260? This said he was closer to 280. Yeah, 6'8", 280. He would have been fine in any era, yep. especially when he could move with that speed and that height and that weight. Yes. He would have been perfectly fine banging around with
1: the bad boys of Detroit. And honestly, I think Jordan would struggle in today's era. Athletes nowadays are so much better than they were 10 years ago, yet alone 20. And well, now with Jordan, 30. we're talking 30 years. Right, Jordan's main part of his career was over thirty years ago. Athletes now are so far improved. Back in the day when Michael Jordan was playing, you had two to three scorers on a, the floor at any given time. You had two guys that were basically tomato cans that just filled in as a bench player, or a role player, or a rebounder, or the Bill Lambeers of the world just have kind of a little bit of an enforcer role, right? These were starters in the league 30 years ago. If you walk to an NBA coach, an NBA executive right now, and been like, hey, look, I got this really, he's a big, tough guy. He can't shoot, though. They would pass on him in a heartbeat. You have to be able to shoot the ball in today's NBA. The European leagues are producing some of the best players in the world now. Back then, what, Tony Kukoc, who was basically a bench player for the Bulls, Right. was the best player to come out of Europe.
0: We, Can we talk about just the fact that Europe only had two players in the top 75? In that 75 list, it was Dirk and Giannis were the only two European players. Like, Luka's not there yet, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things, because he's so
1: young. I'm kind of surprised mono wasn't on that list. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or Tony Parker. Yeah, neither one of them. Um, regardless of that fact though players now are just better the league and people might are going to disagree with this too the league is more talented than it's ever been you have the best athletes in the world truly playing professional basketball so the whole conversation of the jordan versus lebron debate i mean it's kind of my opinion lebron's a better basketball player than michael jordan was right Guys are going to be on shave about that, and that's fine. You can shake it in the cloud, but... See, because I think
0: I think the thing that people really forget about this, because you can have the debate of the two. Either way, you're probably going 1A, 1B. Like, at worst, LeBron's the second best player to ever do it. At worst. And the fact that there's people out there that make lists where he's like 10, 11, I think it's just hate. And you can disagree with him all the, all you want off the court. I don't think him and I would get along off the court, like speaking about anything else except basketball. But I don't know. LeBron's sounds good at least seems like a good hang. I mean, no, he'd be a good hang. But if you had to like have a, a de- like you know if you're talking because a lot of people, I think another problem that we have with society as a whole is how many people don't like an athlete because of their their personal platforms and their personal takes on things and their background and their politics. It's all so much reasons to not like a person. And people put that way too have heavily in their opinion of a player. Sure. And I think that's a big problem with, with I guess, sports fandom, player fandom specifically. And I think LeBron's a good picture for that on one side. I think Aaron Rodgers is a good picture for that on the other side. Yeah, that's, you're not wrong. And that's not just like the left-right like political spectrums, but that's just you know to the point where like there was Twitter accounts out there like last week talking about the Aaron Rodgers Shailene Woodley uh, rumored split and cheering it on because he doesn't want to get vaccinated. And I think that's incredibly stupid. Well, personally, we've talked about it here though. Twitter's just a cesspool of no, right? And that's that's that is what it is, but. It, like I said, it's just it is just wild to me. Like that's like if you're if you don't like the way he plays, and I think we've talked about that with like the whole MVP conversation this year with with the good old Pornhub Armish or whatever his name is or Pornhub Armchair. Yeah, whatever his his name is. If you're not gonna vote for MVP because uh, you think Cooper Cup deserves it more, Tom Brady deserves it more, or Joe Burrow deserves it more, fine. But if you're gonna sit here and and put a a vaccination status into effect, that's where I lose you.
1: First off, the the fact that we we're talking about even a receiver being the NFL MVP is a joke. You're just gonna go back after this because Justin's not here to argue <laughs> No, I'm just <laughs> saying that Cooper Cup received a first place MVP vote. That is a whoever does that should get their their vote, MVP vote, vote just taken away, taken away. Was it Pornhub? Was it Pornhub I, I believe armchair? it. I believe it
0: was. I can't remember if he had Brady as his number one or if he had. Uh, I think it was Cup.
1: And I get Cooper Cup had an amazing season, and that's fine. But we also have to take into consideration that receiver numbers nowadays are going to be inflated over what they were 10 years ago, right? Like, sure, Cooper Cup had an amazing season. I don't want to take anything away from him. He deserved all the credibility that he got from the amazing season that he did have. However, those numbers are also inflated by the fact that we're passing the ball of, what, 50 times a game now? in like, that system. Yeah. Like, so let's hold on. Those numbers are, cause Cooper cup is not better than Calvin Johnson.
0: Not better than T. O. Not, not better, better than, than Moss. Moss. Not better than Jerry Rice. You could probably make the argument. He's not better than Devante. You can definitely have that conversation. I, I saw a list the other day where Devonte Adams was like the number five receiver heading in out of the season and not, that's not disparaging from anybody else about anybody else who's above him. Because, you know, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, there's some extremely talented individuals out there.
1: Devontae makes it look easier. I think the Cooper Cup conversation, I believe, is... You watched the Super Bowl, everyone watched it. Sean McVay's play calling for Cooper Cup is absurd. Like, Devontae Adams has to work to get open. Cooper Cup gets schemed open. There's a big difference in between those two things.
0: Devontae Adams has, like, and I I love this comparison. You cannot compare Devontae Adams' footwork to anybody ever playing football. It's Allen Iverson. Yeah.
1: That's the only comparison you can really make. Because, I mean, uh, let's be real. Devontae Adams isn't, like, a freak athlete, right? Like, Randy Moss was a freak athlete. Size, speed. Size and natural speed. Right. When you're a freak athlete, you don't have to work as hard at small things like footwork. Devontae is not a freak athlete. He's not the fastest player on the field. He, is, he has size, but he's not even the biggest player on the field. Like, he he's just, not the biggest guy in the receiving room. He just makes it look so effortless.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, which kind of leads us into our next topic here. Well, actually, do you want to talk betting first? Secretary Sean is going to get mad at us if we don't talk about it. Um, So, leading into... And I didn't do the math on the NASCAR, so that's on me. Um, But leading into today, the standings up to this point have been... Eric first, Ramsey second, Justin third. I'm at 19 and 14, Justin's at 17 and 16, and Ramsey are at 14 and 12. Um... So, with that, we'll kind of go through our picks here. Uh, you and I both had the Bucks against the Sixers. The Sixers won that one. Justin had the Sixers. So that makes me 19 and 15. You had 14 13 and 1. Justin at 18 and 16. All three of us had Wisconsin to win over Michigan. So that puts me to 20 and 15. Justin at 19 and 16. Ramsey, you're at 15 13 and 1. Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne versus Green Bay. You and I both took Purdue Fort Wayne. Justin took Green Bay. Purdue Fort Wayne won that game. So that means we me twenty-one, 21-15. Justin at 18 and 17. And Ramsey, you are at 14 or excuse me. Uh 16, 13 and 1. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, sounds right. Two you had two, you've lost one. Yeah. 16, 13, and one. Uh we did the the Daytona 500 pick three.
1: And this was... Who did you have? I have the running
0: lower okay. right now. So I had Chase Elliott. Finished 10th. So that would be 10 points. 10 points. Ryan Blaney finished fourth. 14. And AJ Allmendinger, I don't think, qualified. So that's. I'll give myself 40 for last place for that. And uh, so you want to do the math real quick on that? What is that? That's uh, 14 plus 40. Divided by or 54 divided by three gives me 18. Got that at 18. Uh, just or Ramsey, you had Kyle Bush, sixth, Joey Logano, um,
1: 21st, and Kaz Grala. I just saw him, lost him, 26th. Divide that by three.
0: You got 17.6 to my 18, so you were slightly ahead. Then Justin had
1: uh, Denny Hamlin. DNF at 37th. Kyle Larson. Uh, DNF at 32nd. And Justin Haley. 23rd.
0: One sec. So we had 37, 32, and 23rd? Yeah. Well, I know that we did not do that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, that's a 127 for you people do math at home. And that is divided by three. That's an average finish of 42nd. There was 40 cars in the race. That is not a great day at the office. I don't think that's right. There was only There was 40 cars, right? Yeah. How did he have an average finish that wasn't it was 32 37 what was 32 37 37 and who's last one uh Justin Haley 23rd 23rd so that's 92 not 127 we messed up somewhere divide that by 3 that's still 30th so 31 really if you round up but Um, so technically the average finish, you had 17.6 repeating. I had 18, even Justin had 30. So give you two wins, give me a win and Justin gets a loss. Sure. He's going to hate that. He's not going to like that, but he's not here to debate it. So,
1: well, he had the worst finish by almost double. I mean, yeah, I think that deserves a tape and L. So
0: I was, let's see, where does that put me at back here? Um, for those keeping track at home. So I had one, two, lost one. Or I had one, three, lost one. Uh, 22 and 15 for me. Damn, that's looking nice. I know, right? Ramsey, you had one, technically, five. Correct. Lost one. So that puts you at 19, 13, and one. And Justin had one, two, lost two. So that puts him at... 19 and 18. Keeping right around 500. I'm just saying that we're all positive though. Yeah, 100%. I know like, we talked about this last week. Um, all positive, so good on us.
1: Do you want to talk about 500%? Or... Yeah, let's get into it. What do you think? What do you think of the cars? I want to ask you that quick. I, r- I really liked the package they brought. Uh, I did see, obviously, the cesspool of Twitter was talking about how one race, one rollover, um, Unfortunately speaking, how aerodynamics work and how the cars are in motion at a super speedway like that, you're probably always going to have a car flip at some point or another. Um, and it's just an unfortunate circumstance of aerodynamics. Right. When you have a bullet that all of a sudden you put low pressure underneath the car it's going to pop up. Like that's just how that works. I mean, well you look at and how
0: the, how all the, uh, just how it goes is these cars. And we're going to take a one week hiatus from betting. So Sean, you don't have to pay any more attention. Just k- keep the final record. Cause Justin's not here and I don't really feel like asking him picks. Cause I don't really know what to pick right now. So keep that. We'll take a one week break from that. Um, but yeah, just to keep going with the 500 conversation. You're right, because ultimately, I mean, like when they literally when they when they draft, they get underneath each other. They, they lift. Right. They lift the car, and have people have problem with that. That's technically a little bit more regulated this year, where it's actually technically banned to do the two train, you know, full lift. Well, you draft. can lock, you can lock in the cup. Oh, you can in the cup. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. my bad.
1: Um, but with that said, I mean, you're, you're, that's what you're gonna have. If you really wanted to fix the cars, and honestly, this is one of the issues that we saw with the 500, where Kozlowski was pushing aggressively. However, the rear bumpers on those cars were not flat. So where a lot of those issues came in, and if you guys were paying attention at home, cars were drafting on one side of the bumper or the other. Okay? So what that does is it's putting uneven weight on the rear of an already light rear-end car. All your weight's in the f- nose of those cars. So those rear ends, it's kind of more driving a pickup truck versus driving a sports car. Right. All your weight's towards the front of the car. So when you drive a pickup truck, the rear end gets a little light because obviously there's no weight above the rear axles. That's the same idea with a cup car. There's no real weight, and that's why they kind of move the transmission to the rear of the car to evenly distribute out the weight. So when you take pressure and put it on the place so there's not enough weight to withhold what happens? Ricky Stenhouse and um, Harrison Burton. Yep. Where Brad also is pushing aggressively, got off to one side, they got a little squirrely, and the car goes around. And that that whole issue could be avoided if you flattened out the rear bumpers. And I know that NASCAR doesn't really want to do that for whatever reason, but I would say for a super speedway car, if you did that, because I don't know if you saw the Ricky Stenhouse hit. Yes. Did you see the M car that Ricky Stenhouse had?
0: Mm, I did on watching Radioactive because I know he was pretty shook up about it. He's like, that was a hard hit. That's what he said. If
1: that would have happened f- 10, 15 years ago, that probably would have killed Ricky Stenhouse. His head snapped forward. Mm-hmm. And again, the way that you could avoid that is flatten out those rear bumpers to make it pushing easier, right? And NASCAR doesn't want to do that because they don't want to promote that, I suppose. But I think that that would be a benefit to not turn people off the front bumper. Because that's what happened to Kozlowski, what, two or three times? Because on... he, he, was, he
0: was an instigator of a lot of those wrecks on Sunday, which that's just the style he drives. He's an excellent super speedway driver, right? As much as I dislike him as a fan, he's an excellent super speedway driver. See, I
1: didn't have a problem with anything that Kozlowski did. And due to the fact of how the draft was working and how the cars worked and how when you're leading the pack of a super speedway... You can't lift like that's lifting is not an option. So does, is it bad optically when you spin two people for sure, spin, uh, Stenhouse and Ryan or not Ryan Blaney, um, Harrison Burton? Is that on Brad Kozowski? I mean, yes, but what else do you want Brad to do? If he hits the brakes, people rear end him and rear end. Well, that's what
0: happens with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson,
1: exactly, where, where he got he wasn't going with the traffic. Larson got into him and caused the wreck. Right. So you can't just say, oh, it was off his front bumper. It was, but you also can't let off though either. So and for what it's worth, both of the drivers that he spun are kind of known for running light end rear or light rear cars, right? They like to run them a little loose. And they've been known to dump cars. So is it a hundred percent on Brad Kozlowski, I mean, Stenhouse, they trimmed those cars out for him. He's fast, but a little out of control. And Harrison Burton, that's been one of his critiques from the Xfinity Series is that while he's aggressive, I mean, he runs an aggressive-styled car, that's going to happen. So a
0: couple other questions just before we kind of move on here. I do want to ask your thoughts on the new tire package and the new... Um, I think that's my biggest critique is the, I don't know if the, and I know you had some concerns about how the car would run at Daytona.
1: And I don't think Daytona is the problem. I think it's when you're going to get to tracks, you're going to have to do a lot of shifting. Okay. And I, I'm going to be interested to see how the transaxle transmission works there. Um, super Speedway is a mile and a half shouldn't be an issue. Cause so as
0: a more casual fan and not knowing the ins and outs, of the cars, my biggest issue was what? halfway through the race you had two guys lose a wheel and almost every wreck had some degree of of the tires and the axles not responding where like alex bowman got in a pretty he got hit pretty lightly
1: but he lost all four wheels and he couldn't do anything with it um i don't i think it's gonna be a non-issue I, I think that that's you think it's gonna be a non-issue this year or just
0: non-issue going, going forward, forward after this year? You're
1: probably gonna have some issues coming this year from the fact they were running steel wheels before, right? Right. So as you know with steel, just in any kind of steel aspect, there is a give and take with how far steel will move mm-hmm. before it just completely implodes on itself they are now running a forged wheel. So forged wheels are obviously forged metal that they crack and they'll break out. That's what happened to Justin Haley, actually, was that forged wheel just kind of imploded on itself. Right. The Kaz Grala wheel incident, I believe that was not tight. That didn't look like it was a wheel malfunction. It looked more of a... Tire changer malfunction? Correct. Um, I, I don't think... I like I said. I think it's be more so of a non issue going. Maybe this year, early in the year, you might see some more issues like that. Like I'm sure Bristol dirt's gonna have. Oh, Bristol dirt's gonna be a mess for that. I, I, that could be an issue, and even some of the road courses where you're putting a lot of pressure on w- the wheel in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be an issue there but i think going forward bbs will get it figured out um for a lot of people that don't know bbs is one of the highest regarded wheels that you can buy they're kind of a there's a nike of wheels bbs and um i'm trying to think of another one that's on that same level but bbs is pretty consistent they do a lot of other wheels for other sports and other race cars okay so I believe they were used in F one for a long time. They use BBSs. Okay. So BBS will get it figured out. Um I was I was fine with the race. I liked I thought the package was good. I think that the car is very promising. Um I think the car looked good on track. I don't I didn't notice the number changes and I didn't really notice that the was- I didn't love that just because, like, if you,
0: with the new, with all the new driver. I mean, again, more casual. I do love NASCAR. Like, I watched the entire race. Um, I think it's, you might loo- not lose a fan or two, like the casual fan, because you can't easily see the number on the side. But that's kind of also going to be, you know, that's also kind of factoring in a super speed, but you can't get as tight of camera angles. And I think they just need to figure out how to do it a little bit better.
1: Well, I think it's more on the spacing of it right now. I think it's more on uh, companies not knowing what to do with the space. Right. These companies got all this extra space and didn't really know how to use it. And I think that was... I don't think that's who's asking for it. I think NASCAR thinks that this is going to be better for companies, so it's bigger ad space. Right. However, I don't think the cars look as appealing. However, I didn't necessarily hate it either, though.
0: No, that's fair. I will concede that it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it would be. I, yeah, I didn't notice it as much as I thought I would. Um, and then just to kind of wrap up with that, Austin Sindrick Sh- getting his first win, what his eighth start, I believe. Yes. Um, really impressed with him how he ran that course. And and you know, I was telling my buddy Sean, shout out Sean. Um, at, on the surface, I didn't love the ending because it seemed it seemed very anticlimactic for Daytona. But at the same time, the way that Austin Sindrick Sh- held on. When Ryan Blaney was trying to run the wall, and then also held on for Bubba Wallace's run, who you know say what you will about him, also a pretty damn good Super Speedway driver, second runner-up finish in the 500. I was pretty impressed with him as a as a driver in this race. Not having been not you know being as exposed to him because he's been in the Xfinity series so much, I was very impressed with his run.
1: I personally did not think Austin Sindrick was going to have as much success as I thought that like obviously when the 500 successful, right? Right. He was a very, he was really good in Xfinity towards the end of his stay in Xfinity. The last about three years, he's been probably one of the best drivers in the series. Mm-hmm. He is an excellent road course racer. So I thought that that, you were going to see him shine a lot this year at Circle of the Americas and Road America and Watkins Glen and Finneon. Um, but he is an excellent road course racer. Not saying that he's going to be a title contender, but I think he's going to be in the round of eight, probably. Okay. Um, The stuff's going to line up well for him. Mm-hmm. So... And you know, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, why did I not see that coming? He took over Brad Keselowski's car, right? And he's gonna have all the funding in the world from Roger so sure. he's he's gonna be one of their main guys over there now. So you know, good on him. He he ran well. Um, he obviously he did not have the best car. No. And
0: also, just while we're wrapping up Daytona talk here. Big shout-out to Ty um in the truck race oh, Friday night. Awesome. Looked incredible. Uh, had the pole position going into the race. Won that pretty dominantly on Friday before the race started. Yep. Um, so got the pole position. Was the, I would say, the, probably the fastest car, can, or at least in the first 19 laps. Then he he got caught in a little bit of a wreck. Um, he was a side, like a side effect of a wreck. Not necessarily, he didn't get wrecked, mm-hmm. but, uh, so debris struck, what was his fuel line you said was the, what is what he was saying on the radio? It sounded like a fuel pump. Fuel pump, sorry, thank you. And was losing engine pressure and wasn't able to compete the whole race, or not compete, he was able to finish the race, finish at the top 10, I believe 7th place the finish, uh, but he was not, you know, in that top 10 the entire race, he wasn't competitive the whole race, because he had to run 20th just because... Car owner told him, hey, kind of got to back off right now. Right. You're going to blow it up. And even, you know, even think he got really bailed out by that last wreck on the last lap um, because they it was starting to blow up. And then they they have to they kind of wave it off as they go down. And leader had just taken the white flag. So the caution flag, as the wreck developed behind him, ended up being the race coming out, going into turn one, I believe Um on the final lap, but still impressive showing. Really glad that he still has the full time opportunity, and we'll see what he can do through the season. And again, just you know, I think his only other Daytona start he finished in the thirties, I believe, was not his so best showing.
1: With time of Jesse, he went to arguably one of the best teams. He's going to be in top flight equipment for the rest of the year. He's running a full series or a full schedule this year with the truck series and honestly a place like Daytona is not going to be his strong suit right so Ty Majeski is probably one of the best short short track racers in the country Um, 100% so again I think that he could be another guy that I, I expect to see a win or two out of him going forward definitely so yeah no he looked really good for even with the truck blowing up at the end of the race, he was competitive. Yeah, he, he still, just, at times,
0: he still had the fastest truck at
1: any point on the race. So, there's just a little bit unfortunate of the circumstance for him that he... Got caught in a little bit of damage, damaged part of the truck, right. critical part of the truck. So, we'll see. Um, I'm curious to see what his future holds for him. Um, excited for what his future holds for him. Yeah, because, I mean, really, the sky's the limit, right? He's a little bit older, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for him. Right. Um, we'll see how he does the rest of the season. There's a lo- it's a long season for those guys. and
0: Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you can get him on at some point, too, and talk some shop with them. Uh, which really leaves us all we got to talk about left is the, kind of the news that has been the Green Bay Packers. I know we touched on this in the wrestling episode. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check that out. Um, but a little bit of Packers news since that point. Obviously, we talked about Tom Clemens in that episode becoming the quarterback coach, which is kind of a double-edged sword, either trying to entice Rodgers to stay, which I still say that if he doesn't retire, that's what he's going to do. I don't think that's really that up for discussion on this show anyway. I don't think that's a hot take on this show. Uh, But then there's also the other moves that have happened since then. Today we get the news of Kenny Clark restructuring his contract, frees uh, frees up $10 million in cap. Big move. Um, Devondre Campbell was in town, possibly looking at extension talk. So
1: they added void years on, right? Is that basically yes. what they did with Kenny Clark? And
0: I think they added two, but I think they're voided to, or voidable So the void years, you have to pay them out, correct? You yes. even have to cut them? So they, they gave them a bonus
1: too. Um, so you have to pay those out if they get cut. So always remember with NFL contracts. None of it is actually real. The money numbers are not what they look like. So it's just you have to be. I don't even understand the NFL cap to be honest with you. I just know that when they say they give Taysen Hill what like forty million dollars in the season, and it's like a
0: fifteen million, cap or and, million yeah, dollar cap really hit. And yeah, really,
1: that over almost three quarters of it isn't really there. So. It's a good time to be a Packer fan. I mean, I think that's promising. That's promising. Like I said, having,
0: looking at bringing in Devadra Campbell, where he was in town. Really, so. He's been in town, hasn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was in town over the weekend. Now, I want to ask you this, because every move, you can look at it one of two ways. And I guess I'm going to just kind of see, see if you're still here at the same place I am. Every move they're making seems like it's still all in. Does it not? Yes. So you look at, you know, you look at bringing in Tom Clemens out of retirement right. to keep Aaron happy. Right. You look at bringing back Devondre Campbell, who is an incredible linebacker, which you finally got a taste of for the first time since really A.J. Hawk. Right. We have not had a good inside linebacker presence at that same level. I mean, you could, you, everyone wants to point to Blake Martinez. Sure, he led the league in tackles, but they were 30 yards downfield. Yeah, it wasn't. So the stats were inflated, kind of like, uh, really, the Russell Westbrook of football, for being honest. Right, it was Blake Martinez.
1: Because so, what's he done since? Nothing. Yeah, I okay. mean, it's towards ACL, though, too. So let's give him a little bit of a break. But So he has some weak-ass ACLs? <coughs>
0: I'm not going to be the one that says that, but... He has some weak-ass ACLs. Sure. But... So you've been really lacking that. And then you, last year, you were all with um, Christian Kirksey... And was serviceable. I mean, yeah, he wasn't awful when he was healthy. Another one that, but he wasn't healthy a whole lot either. So all in all, I think it's important to bring him back. You look at restructuring this Kenny Clark deal, uh, Brian Gutekunst did his end of the year or his pre combine press conference day. So that's, that's a whole nother conversation with the whole Aaron Rodgers watch thing. Everyone got all excited. Cause Sunday, Pat McAfee's talking about big guest for Tuesday. It's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers Monday night goes and makes the very emotional post on Instagram. Everyone gets all in their, you know, their their bonnets in hand and gets all emotional and and gets all fired up because Brian Gutekunst has a press conference for Wednesday. So is he announcing an extension? Is he announcing the retirements? What's going on? Turns out it's the pre combine press conference, which happens every year, and Pat Mac or. Er, Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee show just for kind of a season ending recap that he never, they didn't feel like he truly got after the San Francisco loss. Um, But to kind of go back to what I was saying before we get kind of in the Rodgers talk, every move they've made seems like it's all in, but every move they've also made, you can kind of hedge your bets on too, where every move they've made. seems like it's, if he's not coming back either retiring or if he demands a trade, you're okay with Luke Getzi leaving because there wasn't any, much progress with Jordan Love. You bring in a guy who you know is a good quarterback coach. Right. You want to shore up that defense, so maybe you sign Devondre Campbell. You
1: well extend out Kenny Clark because you have to. You know. I think this is one thing that I I don't think you restructure Kenny Clark unless you plan on being all in. Just like even the Aaron Jones signing last year, or the David Bakhtiari signing, I think they've been all in. And going forward, I think they're just going to be all in. Regardless, they're not going to rebuild, right? That's not right. They've kind of already said they're not going to do that. Which, and that would lead me to believe Aaron's still coming back.
0: Right. And I think the Packers are kind of just waiting on, is he playing for them or is he retiring? Because everything, even, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a lot of people are kind of pissed off about the whole Pat McAfee thing and the Instagram post. I found it kind of funny looking back in the sense that really all Aaron Rodgers did was hype his own appearance on a show and had a very I – mean, you can you can play deniability where it was just a gratitude post. And I think there truly was part of that where you know he comes out of that 12-day uh, cleanse and a lot of it – I mean say what you will about the personal like – the Shanley and Woodley thing. I'm not going to get into that here on this show. But he has that part. He has the Friday night crew with his teammates that you don't know if both of them are going to be back. You probably assume Randall Cobb's not going to be back.
1: Right.
0: Um, you assume that maybe David Bakhtiari is going to have a bit of a different contract. So a couple of different things you can, you can point to as saying, okay, where is the future going to be? Everyone gets all freaked out about that Devontae Adams picture and Randall Cobb picture at the National Anthem, which was the COVID game. And just talking about how much that meant to him and being, again, keeping with the grateful theme that in a game where he's not there, his two of his guys left a spot for him. Everything he says yesterday on that show, you know, saying how the relationship with the front office is different, but in a positive way, you know, again, for a guy who's so calculated and cool and, and kind of playing chess while everyone's playing checkers has been very vocal about the relationship with the front office and saying how it's become a friendship. And I don't... Like I said, everything kind of points to either coming back, retiring, but more than likely coming back.
1: See, I don't like what he did. And I I understand that yesterday was a little bit of a troll job by Aaron. I, I, I just don't like... I guess I don't like Aaron's opinion of himself. He thinks that he's being. Like I said, I think everyone that is paying attention to the situation, I have a hard time believing that he doesn't know what he's doing. He might have claimed deniability, but at the end of the day, I think he knows.
0: When you say he doesn't know what he's doing, like as, as if he's returning or not coming
1: back. I think that it's already done. If he's coming back, I think it's already, he's made up his mind. He's coming back. If he's retiring, I think he's retiring. If he wants to get traded, I think he wants to get traded. I don't think this has, since, like I was saying off air, I think Thanksgiving, since Thanksgiving, he's probably known what he, his intentions are. Um, I don't think the San Francisco loss really changed anything. I really don't. And that's the thing is that it's this has become a circus, and I think he just likes the attention on himself. And if that's how you want to play it, fine. I don't overly care. Whatever you want to do, you that's what you want to do. But it's becoming a whole lot more Brett Favre than Aaron Rodgers. And it's one of those things, too, I, I've been on record saying I'm not the biggest strong Love fan, but if you're gonna let him be the guy, let him be the guy. If you're gonna leave, leave. Like just let's not trade this on any more than what it has to be, for just everyone involved. I guess I will concede. I think that's fair.
0: Um, I like I said. I I had no issue with it. In fact, I kind of found it funny. Of you know, one of the kind of the funniest points of his when he came back last season and you know, shout out Megan being attentive enough to know that he was wearing an office t-shirt yesterday or yesterday, the same day, same kind of shirt he was wearing his first day back at Lambo. Um, is this how the fact that one of his biggest narratives, when he had that press conference where he kind of just torched everybody and everything and finally got off what was on his mind over the last, probably last, if we're being honest, last three or four years, probably, um, one thing that kind of gets skated is just the fact that he's not been the biggest fan of how he gets covered. And I think yesterday was a little bit of a troll job on that specifically to the point, like, I mean, even, uh, one of my coworkers who I know listens to this, so I don't want to, this isn't like a jab, but to the point where even yesterday, like, I mean, blaming him for, doing an article or for Yahoo Sports doing an article about his relationship with Shanley and Woodley about maybe it's not actually over and all these reports have been fake or just rumors because no one actually, you know, Rogers has been very vocal about the people in his inner circle aren't leaking things and the people who are leaking things aren't in his inner circle. So maybe the reports are fake. Maybe they're, maybe they did split. Maybe it was a break like Ross and Rachel. I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and talk about a man's relationship. I don't give two shits about, quite frankly. I was supposed to say, why does
1: anyone care what Aaron does in it, with his relationship? Like I I just I, I don't understand that. Like if No, you, I, I don't get it either. Do you know no. what I mean? Like if he wants to be with Shane, it will be great. If you decide to break up, you break up. Like
0: that's that's I mean you know I gotta give credit to this as much as this show sucks sometimes. I wanna give credit to us for not talking about that last week when we were recording. You know, pat ourselves on the back for a second there. The fact that at no point it came up in the episode. Because it doesn't matter. We're a sports
1: podcast, kind of. You know? Yeah, it's not. uh, (laughs) Relationships off the field, I don't. They are what they are, right? At the end of the day, that's all it is. So, but yeah,
0: I I, like I said, part of it, maybe, sure. It's the wanting the attention and. Wanting the spotlight for a second, and maybe doing something for your boys, like like I said, I think part of it was just trying to get that ratings for McAfee's show. Where when they peaked that rating, when he first came on, there was 130,000 people on YouTube alone. Right, like that's incredible. There's
1: 134.
0: Yeah, that's just and then that's how, that was just on YouTube. That's not counting Sirius. That's not counting um, people live kind of paying attention to it on Twitter. That's just YouTube. Right. I wish we had 100,000 people who have ever even checked, even heard of me, or heard of this show. I guarantee we haven't, you know? Yeah, you know, probably not 100,000. Probably not, maybe. I mean... Maybe 1,000. I'd be happy if 1,000 people have heard of our show in some capacity. Right. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'll take that.
1: Well, yeah, I definitely. mean, good on McAfee, though, too. I'm sure he, he didn't know. like He knew what he was doing, too, right? Oh, 100%. Both they those were talking guys, about this on Sunday. Yeah, both those guys knew exactly what was... Uh, what the outcome of this was going to be. So, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I I think it's a little cheap, personally, but... Sure.
0: I I get where people are upset about it or
1: feel trolled about it, and... I'm not upset. I didn't really expect anything yesterday. I I thought that... Yes, I did think that he was going to say something about it. But like I said, I, I didn't really... Oh, I'm going to say, and I, I, you know,
0: the kind of interesting thing about Aaron Rodgers watch to me is how deep people dig into what he says. Cause he is so cryptic. He is so methodical, but at the same time, like people really got to take stuff at the surface too. It's one of those things where you have to do both at the same time and also do neither. Right. And I think that's one of the, the kind of the fun, entertaining parts of this to me, but also like one of the more annoying parts too is that he says a lot on purpose without saying a lot. And then what he says, you have to look into. So, do, like I said, I don't think there's anything that, he, you know, like ultimately going back here, just to kind of wrap up the show here, everything that he has said, I think still points to him being back in Green Bay. Agreed. And everything that he has done. Points to him being back in Green Bay. Agreed. Or retiring, I I I really I think that there is an element of maybe wanting to think about greener pastures, but I think if you're realistic, you know that the team's probably not going to trade you in conference, and I don't know if I necessarily want to go out in the in the uh, to the AFC.
1: Well, if he comes back, we'd have to assume that. Green Bay is probably the favorite in the NFC, right? If Aaron's back in Green Bay, one hundred percent. I
0: mean, say what you will about LA. I think they kind of have a little bit of a not LeBron type um, situation, um, but I think they're they're a veteran heavy team, more like Tampa Bay, where if they're not fully healthy and they're going to lose some of these guys, like I mean, they, they're going to lose Eric Weddle for sure. They may lose Aaron Donald.
1: Well, they were, I think we even said this in season, they were an injury away from the whole thing kind of falling apart anyways. Right. They're not as deep as some of the other teams where they were just really top-heavy and they got healthy at the right time.
0: Yeah, 100%. So all that in mind, I mean, I don't think L.A. is a favorite by any means. I think it'd be, I mean, it really is going to depend on what you can do with the Devontae contract, but I don't think that's the end of the world either. No. Because... Gutekun says today, you know, we've had talks with about, you know, trying to extend him. We don't know if we're going to use a tag on him or not. We may let him just walk. And as much as that sucks is losing that much of a talent, if you can keep that quarterback of Aaron Rodgers, maybe you can go get a guy in the offseason. I mean, yes, you have that, you know, the tag as an option where he's probably making $17 That's also $17 million you can spend on some, you know, even two pretty decent receivers that are going to actually possibly end up spreading the
1: ball more and ultimately working best for the Packers. Well, one thing that you got to remember about receivers is that there is a lot of them out there, and college football is putting more out every single year. So Devontae, yeah, you want to have, but there's other receivers that are going to be available too. Well, and let's just call it what it is. I mean, the simple fact
0: that you can have guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Where, yes, those are top-end first-round guys. But those are guys who are in the top 10 receivers in the NFL. Right. And they're in their first and second year, respectively. You look at a guy that even like, uh, oh, God, what's the dude out in uh, Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts? Um, Jalen Smith? Yes. Where he's playing with an average quarterback and still is putting up great numbers. Right. You know, there's receivers out there to be had, and there's money that you can spend there. So, yes, is it going to suck to not have probably the best receiver in the NFL if that's what ends up happening? Sure. But I don't think it's a death sentence.
1: I think you can bring back MVS pretty cheap. Well, Devante is not worth more than a win, probably. Probably Divide across the season is probably worth a win. So we're talking that the Packers go from a 12 win team to an 11 win team with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But so
0: yeah, I'm not. And and yes, I mean the the statistic of the Packers are undefeated without him in the last three years. It's kind of a mirage, but also when you do think about it, it forces you to spread the ball more. Right. And I don't think anybody's going to complain about that being a bad thing. Nope. So. All in all, I mean, that's kind of your Packer watch for the week. That has been. I mean, if something else breaks, I'm sure we'll have some kind of coverage on it. But that's where we are as of 544 on Wednesday the 23rd. So with that, Ramsey, any other parting Packers thoughts that you got to get off your chest? Not this week. All right. So with that, we'll just wrap up with what we always do. What are you rooting for in the upcoming week?
1: Uh, Great race in Fontana, California. First time I've been there since 2020, I believe. It's been two years. Um, It's a fast racetrack. I'm curious to see what the new car does on a fast racetrack. That's a mile and a half, no? It's a two-mile. Okay. Two-mile. So one of the fastest tracks on the circuit. Um, Should be a great race. So tune in. New car should be interesting. And
0: I'm going to go just my traditional route here. Last weekend of the regular season for the Phoenix, uh, Horizon League Conference terminal start before we record again as well. And also, because I know Justin's not here, but I know what he would say, high school basketball playoffs start tonight. Technically, I think they actually started, so started last yesterday, night, right? but a lot of schools with the weather around here uh, didn't end up playing. So high school basketball playoffs start tonight. Always one of the kind of more fun times of the year especially like this first couple of games um, where you get a lot of player, you know, you get some of these evenly really matched teams and these smaller school teams where season starts anew. I mean, you get to actually kind of your equal level of talent, you know, especially you remember playing the M and O where you'd play go and get your ass kicked every game. And, but then you wouldn't have to worry about them because you were division five and they were division three. Right. So you're kind of on more of an equal playing field. Your record doesn't matter anymore. Go out and get it. Road of the Rush starts tonight. The Road of the Kohl Center starts next week. It's time. Let's go. With that, that's episode 63. We are in the books. I'm Eric. That's Ramsey. Justin's not here. What else is new? That's our uh, root for Wisconsin show. Check out Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter for all your favorites and more content coming up between the episodes. We're out. See you. Bye.